the best battle that you've ever watched. Yesterday, my Bulldogs in the postseason lost to Denver. Oh, they were NCHC conference champions, but on their bid to get into the Frozen Four, they lost. UConn women's basketball has a pretty good battle. Yesterday, Tiny and I were watching a little bit of the women's final, okay, the final four, the March Madness for the women's side, and we're not great basketball minds. Okay, we'll admit that. Okay, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of street cred here, but as we were watching, um, um, I believe it was maybe South Dakota and Louisville. Were they playing yesterday? I think they were playing yesterday. Tanya looked at me and she's like, kind of seems like the girls shoot better and pass better than the boys. I, you know, I don't know. Beginning a Saving Private Ryan. Epic battle scene. Less realistic, more cosmic. Black Panther. Avengers Endgame, where everyone comes back. Lord of the Rings, some of my favorite battle scene. Battle of the Hornsburg or Helm's Deep. Battle of Planor Fields. Libya, South Sudan, the CAR, Mozambique, Ethiopia, Syria, Ukraine. Amazing battles. The world is an inherently violent place. What's the biggest battle that you've ever faced in your life? Final exam? Serving for the win? Job interview? Asking a gal to marry you? Asking a guy to marry you? Addiction? your personal history, or maybe it wasn't a big battle at all. Maybe it was just that day, every Tuesday, for example. Page 1008, verse 30, chapter 11. Forty years have passed between verse 29 and 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Along with not being a great basketball mind, I'm not a war strategist. But typically, my limited understanding is that walls separate and protect. We don't think of it in a military context, but we have walls that separate us from the cold that is outside that we've already been reminded of. And if the walls are not there, well, then you get the idea. This story in these two verses is a super crazy story. Jericho is this impenetrable city, okay? It is like absolute monolith, right? Gate shut, ready for a siege. And this isn't the way it's done. But you kind of need to, this to go down as a victory, right? You can't have a walled fortress behind your front lines, filled with your enemy. It just doesn't work. Typically, you would lay siege. And then at the moment, when the inhabitants are running out of food and water, you would attack or demand surrender. In light of that, Joshua is told, this is the plan. We only get a brief allusion to it here. Walk around the city once a day for six days, led by some dudes carrying a pretty box. You got horns, but no shouts or words. And then, walk around the city seven times. On the seventh day, blow a horn, give a shout, and the walls will come down. It had to seem just a little bit outside of the standard operating procedure for how to do a siege on a walled city. But Joshua's like, okay, thinking, I've seen the Red Sea. This can work. 
Joshua knows the plan. How widely he shared, we don't know. But he's been told by God what to do. And it's one of those signature stories that, that is often repeated and really looks at and explores and helps us understand the character and activity of God. The promise of God to remove the biggest obstacle and then inviting the people's participation. In the battle of Jericho, God takes out the biggest obstacle, the walls. But the people still had work to do. They needed to be aligned. They needed to operate by faith. They will need to do this by faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Again, this forward-looking, trusting that something is better ahead, acting based on the word and activity, moving forward based on the experiences of the past. And it's something that I can say with great confidence that God still does today. He removes the biggest obstacle and invites our participation. The second of two verses for today. By faith, Rahab, we'll get to her in a second, did not perish with those who were disobedient. The disobedient are this large group of folks that are inside the walls of the city, right? And they have God right on their doorstep. God is right there. He's contained representatively in, in the box, the pretty box that the six dudes or whatever, eight dudes are carrying. God is so close. The ark is within viewing distance. And as we will find out when we talk about Rahab, this band that's following a pretty box around the city, they were known. They had a reputation. The God that led them had a reputation. Redemption, I would argue, is within their grasp. How close God is right on their doorstep. And yet all they want to do is protect themselves and wage war. They are unable to seize what is available. And I think, because there was redemption for Rahab, because she saw, and we'll get to her in a second, she saw and knew the reputation and was able to articulate by faith. I would make the argument, redemption was available for the rest of the city as well text doesn't tell us. It's an argument I'm making. If you want to disagree with me, I'm comfortable with that. We can talk about that. But God is right on their doorstep, and yet all they want to do is protect themselves and wage war. And I wonder, how often do we do that? 
God's so close. God is right there. Do we seize what is available or do we go it alone? On our own. The other night I woke up. It's been a night of waking up. But this night I woke up and, and the thing that was on my brain, it wasn't a big thing. Okay, it was, it was a small thing. <laughs> it, it, was, it was such a small thing. But have you ever been there, okay, where you wake up and, and you know it's a small thing, but you can't get it out of your brain? And it just plays like a movie, just on loop, just... You're like, okay, someone get a hold of the Spotify account and hit the repeat, turn it off. It wasn't that big of a deal. I couldn't get it out of my brain. So I prayed in faith. I knew that the thing that was inside of me that was producing this strong emotional reaction wasn't from God. But I also couldn't turn it off. And so I prayed a simple prayer of resignation. I can't do this. I need help. I will trust you to do what needs to be done. I also prayed, this really isn't my problem, is it? Nope, (laughs) was the clear answer. One small battle by faith. And we encounter them all the time. Are we disobedient and turn to ourselves? Or are we obedient and turn to a holy God who's in the business of removing obstacles? The last verse. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. By faith, Rahab's example, while not the last words for the author of Hebrews in this chapter, it really concludes this section where we've said, by faith, and then we've articulated a person or a group of people or a story or a family or a history. Rahab. One battle, this battle, that even if you have a checkered past, the future can be redemptive. I love how frequently in the biblical narrative, a woman is center in the picture, extolled for her faith, pivotal in the history, critical for the future. Up until this point, Rahab had made her living the only way she could. She was a sex worker. Perhaps widowed, we don't know. But she had heard the stories. If you want the fuller view of it, check out Joshua chapter 2. Her faith was not ex nihilo. She even gets God's name correct. The friendly welcome, don't go to the wrong space with that. It's actually, and we don't often disagree with the translators, it's not a great translation of verse 31. The last word in verse 31 is peace. 
She greeted them in peace. She greeted them with peace. She welcomed them with shalom. By faith, Rahab did not perish. Living fully present, right? Because our goal over the last 17 or 18 or whatever it's been years at Timberwood Church has been to, yes, uncover what this book says and then apply it to life. Each and every week, we have sought to apply this book to our lives. Not just a cognitive, not just a theological exploration, not just a historical understanding, although those things are incredibly important. But we've always pushed you, us, our community of faith. How does this apply? Living fully present. The biggest thing that we will face this week in faith, by faith, the promise of faith, that God is there in the big battles. Our friend Dan in Poland, he and I text probably every other day, FaceTime frequently, intersecting. It's just amazing to be here <laughs> for good reasons and understand what he's doing there. Early in the week, he, um, he was in Lviv, okay, and uh, he said, hey, I'm going into Lviv. I think it'll be safe. What we need to do is we need to take in supplies like we always do, and then there's two people or three people. I can't remember the exact number. He just said there's some folks who can't use normal transportation to get out of the war zone. And so we're going to take the van that you guys got for us, and, and we're going to go get these people and bring them to safety. He's like, I think it'll be safe. I'll check everything before, but okay. And then he had this cute little hat, helmet thing on, right? Because one of the unique things that he's had to do, never thought he'd have to do it as a missionary, buy body armor. He texted me later in the week, just talked to my friends in Lviv, and they took some bombs in the city not far from where I was yesterday. Kind of surreal. The bombs hit right next to the church where we had one of our two distribution sites. I don't like Putin much today. living fully present, the biggest thing you will face this week for us, what we face as individuals, what we face as a community. By faith for one battle. At the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, there's this battle scene, right? If you've seen the movie, you know it. The close quarters combat of Omaha Beach, June 6, 1944. Searing, even if you've only witnessed it once. But the scene that gets me you know it, don't you? 
You, you know which one, right? We've been together long enough. You know the scene that's going to absolutely rip my heart out. It, it's, it's the mom. She, she's washing dishes. There, there's, there's a car. It's driving on the country roads. The, the, the scene pulls back, and, and you see four vertical blue stars on a white field surrounded by a red border. She looks up. She sees the dust. Recognizes that it's a car. She steadies herself, wipes off her hands, walks to the front door. She opens it and steps through. The car, army green with a single white star, stops. The front passenger door opens. An officer steps out. The officer opens the rear door, and her priest gets out. And she collapses. By faith, one battle. And maybe it's not a large thing. Maybe it's not a giant thing. Maybe it's not an impossible thing that we will face. And yet the promise of faith is there in those times as well. In faith. By faith. In those times, the biggest battle is not one big battle. It's not a Jericho It's not a a once-in-a-life victory to be had. In those times, for me, it's much more of an immediate thing. That the battle is now. A a daily attitude that, that right now, in faith, by faith, I can encounter, we can encounter all that we will face. Steadfast. My heart is steadfast by faith for one battle. By faith for this battle. By faith for this which is before me. Here's what I'd like us to do if we're willing. I'd I'd like to take the the next chunk of earth time and divide it into seven, either 23 or 24-hour periods. You, You choose. And whatever you choose will work. Call each of these segments this day or today, 
I would prefer that you use this day. Today can sound a lot like Tuesday. But if you could identify one of the segments of Tuesday, that would be great. And at the start of each this day, or at the start of each today, or at the start of Tuesday, would you be willing to pray this prayer? Father, through the power of your Spirit, and the gift of Jesus. Give me enough this day so that I can, by faith, face whatever battle is before me. If you want to write it down, I'll go slowly. The prayer again. Father, Through the power of your spirit. Father, through the power of your spirit and the gift of Jesus, give me enough this day so that I can, by faith, face whatever battle is before me. Thank you. Pray it. Pray it as often as you need it through any of the this days that are coming up. Pray it for those that you know. Pray it for us, this community of faith called Timberwood. Pray it so that we will be known by our faith. Please pray with me. In the quietness of the moment, through your spirit, O oh great God, meet our needs. To paraphrase Eric, if we find ourselves mourning or if we find ourselves experiencing joy or a combination thereof, Speak to our souls, O oh great God. By faith, we pray to you. Asking you for what we cannot do ourselves. Father, through the power of your spirit and the gift of Jesus, give us enough this day so that we can by faith 
face whatever battle is before us. Thank you. In Jesus' name.